Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. afternoon at 12.30 and I'm delighted to be joined by Lawrence and Liam and everyone who's already in the comments is very busy already very early um, so thanks for everyone who's already joining please do keep the comments coming as we progress through the show um, well what can happen in a week can't it um, today we'll be looking at the weekend fixture in Motherwell what that did to the league table, um, as well as looking forward to tomorrow night's game against Lazio. Liam Lawrence, you both had an enjoyable week. Really? Uh, routine, you know, another managerial wannabe bites the dust across the city. You know, that happens so often, doesn't it? You know, another late winner for Celtic. You know, we never stop. Doesn't matter who's at the helm. So. <laughs> Yeah, we're still top of the week and Celtic have done some outstanding business and extending contracts of players that are here. Yeah, no, it's all very positive in the world of Celtic, which is what we like to see. Leon, firstly, let's talk about that Motherwell game and that late winner and we'll come on and have a look at the performance in general. But what I want to start with is the way that we still got the job done. And like Lawrence has already said, we don't stop. It doesn't matter if it's Andrew Brendan. There seems to be this philosophy, this mentality within the team that we don't stop. You know, throughout the game, we weren't creating many chances. I was in the stand. I was struggling to see where the goal was coming from, but we still got it done. And, you know, no one wants to watch us for 88 minutes at 0-0 struggling to, to score. And it's not what you'd have chosen before the game, but there really is something special about winning it in the manner that we did, that euphoria at the end was special and moments like that when they occur in football it's hard to explain you know that roller coaster of the Palma goal the dejection of the equaliser to the high of the O'Reilly goal you might not choose it before the game Leon but what a way to end the game feeling that nothing can replicate (laughs) yeah it really was it was it was something special um and the thing is, as well, it has a knock-on effect, I think, that goes beyond just what's happening on the park with Celtic. Because when that equalising goal went in, I'm sure you guys will know what I'm talking about. You're like, oh, God, I bet I bet the other mob will go out and win 3 nothing today and that'll be, you know, all the press next week will be insufferable about how they're back on top and whatever. And, and you know, we get that goal and suddenly I'm like, do you know what, Aberdeen are going to do something today. And sure enough, they did. It's amazing how how almost bipolar you become when you're watching Celtic do that. You know, it really is um 
it really is quite bizarre. But um, yeah, I I absolutely loved the. Mm. It was a good day all round. I think. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. Again, like we're touching on Lawrence, you know, you do probably prefer being comfortable at half time and having a few goals in, but there is no beating that feeling when it happens. Mikey Boy comes in on YouTube, thanks for the comment. He says, we've always been a club that never gives up. Countless times in my lifetime, we have found that injury time winner. It's a Celtic mentality. We never give up. How true is that, Lawrence? Listen, one of the hosts that Paul's got for the St. Rock's charity game, Frank McIverney talks about that in that centenary season. You know, we've never been. We just kept going the Mount of Lay winners, and and it's true. You know, you you, you look through to it, and even, even more recently, you're thinking, what was they making Ange, Angie's team up first season? What was the big result? Tony Ralston up at Ross County. It's eight minutes injury time. You know, and you're going, is that because you've seen improvements in kind of Brendan's team? And he's getting players signed up, and they're starting to play a bit better. But is this the result that's kind of cementing everything for them? You know, mm-hmm. this is really where they can kick on from. You know, again, they're, they're doing what the manager says. They're getting the jobs done. It might have been a bit of a bad day at the office for some players. Some players kind of feeling their way into the side. Maybe not lots of chances created. Well, he call them his usual strange decisions, especially that free kick he didn't give it to a attack outside the box. Yeah. Come on, ref, he's buying. Uh, but, you know what, did it matter? We got the job done. We got three points for top of the league. And, you know, I think the team will kick on from that. And Liam's touched on it, you know, it's kind of a result that's reverberated across Scottish football. <laughs> you, you, you know, it doesn't matter. Celtic will win. We'll remain top of the league. And, you know, it's panic stations on the other side of the city. We knew Barry Robson wouldn't let us down, you know. If nothing else, he puts out a good team. And, yeah, another happy weekend for the good guys in Glasgow. Yeah, I'm sure Barry Robson enjoyed his day as well and congratulations to him for that one. Um, it is very reminiscent of some of the goals we've seen before. Gordon on, on YouTube says, Abada against Dundee United. I'm thinking Ralston and Dingwall. I'm thinking Scott Brown at Rugby Park. And now we've got that O'Reilly goal at Fire Park. I think that when we look back at the end of the season, weekends like this, Liam, can be vital in how the season goes. And I know it's very early, it is, but these weekends and the turn that they can have, late goals like that, the momentum, the mentality, everything can be so important for the season going forward. See, to be honest, considering the, the number of new signings that we've brought in, the the new system we're trying to adapt to, the fact that a new, well, you know, all right, Brendan has managed at Celtic before, but he's managing a completely new set of players now almost. So it is basically like a new guy in the door. We are nowhere near our best yet, and we're still seven points clear. It's incredible. It really is. It's such a great position to be in because once that team does find its footing, we are going to be absolutely unstoppable domestically at least. And you know what? We could do some damage in Europe as well. I hope so. But I do want to talk about that performance, Lawrence, that Liam's touched on because as good as the getting the win was, I think, I think Liam's right. I don't think we've quite clicked yet. I don't think we've quite clicked at the weekend. I don't think we were in our rhythm as much as we can be and will be going forward. I think there's a lot of room for improvement because the performance wasn't quite there at the weekend. Yes, we got it done, but we need to look at the performance as well. And when I was there, I was getting pretty frustrated. I don't think we created enough throughout the game. I don't think we played as well as we can do. And when I went and watched the game back with the added benefit of knowing the results, so obviously, you know, you are a bit more relaxed. I think in hindsight, I think we played better than I thought we did when I was watching it first time round. You know, the passing was good, it was solid, the possession was good, regaining possession was good, work rate was good. I think the key issue was a lack of creativity. I don't think we were creative enough in the middle of the park to break down Motherwell were holding their position pretty solidly it has to be said, you know, credit to them for that Kyogo was making a lot of runs we weren't able to find them, the delivery wasn't quite there, it's not a new problem, it does keep cropping up Lawrence and I think that's probably where we struggled against Motherwell was that creativity in the middle of the park Defence is still not first choice have we really replaced Chota yet? I, I, I don't don't think so. Hatati's still to come back to form. 
So there's a few things affected the team, but you're touching them at Motherwell. Kelwell has got them playing really well. You know, before kickoff, they're six points yeah. behind us. It's, you know, they're, they're a decent team. We're away from home. You know, and I suppose over a 38-game season, you're not going to go out and win every game 5-0 and have an absolute stroll in the park. You know, Motherwell didn't turn, turn up to make it easy for us. We made it difficult, but we still get the job done. You know, no matter how difficult we made it, we're still able to pull it out of the bag. Might have left it late, and, you know, sometimes it's that wee bit sweeter because of that, because, you know, there would have been certain people watching that game getting all excited, uh, but especially when Mother Week equalised. But, you know, it's another three points. We're four points ahead of our nearest challengers in the league. You know, St. Mum doing well. It's, you know, we've got to win the league again. Brendan's overcome a number of challenges. <coughs> you know, it's not been able to put his first choice defence out. He's lost mm. three first-team starters, maybe four, if you count Moy. <coughs> he's changing the system. But he's doing it by putting a winning team on the park. In spite of all that, he's still been able to go out and show what a good manager in. He is. Tomorrow night's really the, the arena where we want to get a result, isn't it? You know, it's Champions League. Absolutely. Can approve. I think when we're, yeah, when we're talking, Liam, about where we can still improve and where we need to be better, one thing we touched on there was creativity in the middle of the park. And actually, during the game, it made me think about Tom Rogic and how we missed the player of his ability who could really have that moment of magic that can cut through a back line. You know, Adam Moyes pinpoint passing bridged that gap for a short period too. Um, and of course, that came to the fore again this morning when Tom announced his retirement. So I just wanted to take a minute to reflect on his time at the club, a very successful time that it was. And a really emotional message for those who haven't seen it already. Um, Tom Rogic explained his decision to announce his retirement, saying that he and his wife had been having a difficult time with IVF fertility treatment. They recently found out that they are expecting twins and he's moved back to Australia to focus on his family and the next chapter of his life. And we all wish him the best with that. Firstly, I have a great deal of respect for Tom Rogic, Liam, coming out and being so open and honest about what is a difficult subject to talk about. And I think the fact that he is opening up about it, being honest about it, is hugely positive. And secondly, his statement, it gave credit to Lawwell and Desmond, who he says both helped him and ensuring him and his family had the best medical experts available to them. I think for me, that's really encouraging. It's encouraging to hear that we are taking care of our players and their families in this way. You know, it can be easy to forget that these players that we worship on the pitch are their own people with their own issues, their own problems in their lives. Despite them being luckily enough to play for Celtic, it's not mutually exclusive to things being difficult as well. And we don't know the full details of what goes on in these players' lives. So it is a timely reminder for that as well. But on the pitch for us, Tom Rogic was just phenomenal, Liam. 262 appearances, 16 major honours, a real, real talented individual who was a wizard with the ball at his feet and a fundamental part of the success we achieved during this time here. Liam, just how good was Tom Rogic? Um, and do you think we are actually still trying to replace him or find the player of that ability. There's loads of comments coming in on the live stream, so thank you for them. Wishing Tom Rogic all the very best in his yeah, yeah. environment. Yeah. And I would I would just add to that that the, the whole thing with Rogic is that um he has like you say, he's been very open and very honest about something that is not easy to talk about, right? You know, I've <laughs> I've spoken a, a fair bit about mental health on different podcast recently and I think that you know people in the past said that Rogic was a bit aloof a bit camera shy whatever um, almost to the point of criticizing him but when you know the full story now it makes so much more sense that his family was a constant source of uh, of worry for him you know and uh, and I don't blame him for not wanting to do match interviews. He wants to go home and make sure his wife's okay. That's perfectly, perfectly reasonable. And yeah, I wish him nothing but the best. Fantastic player on the on on the park for us. Regardless of what was going on off the park, he always came in and did the business for us on the park, which speaks a lot to the tremendous character of the man as well as the ability. Um, yeah. 
you know, it's, it's one thing to be a brilliant footballer. It's another thing to be a brilliant footballer when you're, you know, maybe not having such a good time off the park. Um, so that that is just that that's outstanding. And um, I think it's very poignant that Matt O'Reilly scores such a Tom Rogic-esque goal. And the timing of it had so many people liking, likening it to Tom Rogic's goal in the cup final a few years ago. Mm. Um, that, you know, I think in Matt O'Reilly, we have perhaps finally found a Tom Rogic replacement. Mm. Um, different type of player, but he's weighing in with a similar volume of goals now from midfield, which is something we've been missing. Yeah, and it's really, it's 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 just there's a, there's a kind of beautiful symmetry to it that on the on the on the the same week that Tom Rogic announces he's done with football, um, we re- begin to see the picture of how Matt O'Reilly could be the replacement for that type of player that we need. Um, But overall, just my message is thank you, Tom, for everything you did for Celtic. Thank you also for what you did to forward the cause of Australian football, which I'm very passionate about as well. Um, He, his play for Celtic and his performances raised the profile of Australian football and paved the way for the likes of Tilio, who is now part of our squad, the likes of Ange, who came to manage us. Um, you know, Tom Rogic played a part in that, in making people look at Australian football and realise it's not a backwater. There's some very, very good players down there. And he needs to be recognised for that as well, I think. Um, mm. But yeah, overall, thank you. Wish you all the best, you and your family, for whatever comes next. And hopefully we'll see you back at Celtic Park someday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Absolutely. Completely echo that sentiment. Lawrence, when we talk about goals like that one that Matt O'Reilly scored at the weekend, that last minute euphoria, there are very, very few that will ever top that Rogic goal at hand to secure the treble. Sean Fairley comes in on YouTube saying Rogic's special goals will be remembered and watched by many generations to come. And I think that's true. And when I think you're a player for Celtic and can have that level of lasting impact, which I think Tom Rogic and that goal in particular will have, I think you can say that you've achieved something very special in your career. Yeah, you know, without doubt, some outstanding goals. You know, what close control he had, you know, for such a big guy, sometimes it just looked like the ball was stuck to his foot, didn't it? Uh, absolutely amazing player. But if it, it's always a sometimes with Tom Rogic, we're thinking, what if? Because on his day, you're thinking, this boy's world class. <laughs> you, you know, and then he had a great season under Brendan and Invincible, what Anne's so, some of a swan song out of him. You're thinking, you know, just moments of magic that he had. They had him often enough that you thought, you know what, that boy could really should be lighting up the Champions League. You, mm. you know, he, he was of, of that quality when he hit his heights. And I think we we're lucky to have him for so long. You know, I, th- you know, I think he came into professional football fairly late. Was that a futsal tournament he won in through Nike in, in Australia? He won his professional contract. But absolutely, you know, outstanding footballer. And, you know, he knew how to put the press in, in the place, uh, reminding them, you know, we've been the dominant force for 10 years. <laughs> you, you know, it's, yeah, it's the, Absolutely wonderful guy. Met him up at Lennox Town a few times. You know, he always, t- you know, for 
all people were saying, you know, he was shy, etc. Always took time to get his pictures with the fans and speak to them in the way in and out of Lennox Town. So, yeah, wish him all the best, him and his family all the best for the future. And that invincible treble, well, you know, it's it's just everything in one moment, isn't it? You know, we thought time's running out and a bit of magic for Tom and the ball's in the back of the net. It's definitely a game and a goal that we will talk about forever and passing through generations, I think. Um, and only to echo the sentiment that's coming through loudly in the comments and from us here today is all the best to Tom Rogic in his retirement. Now, I want to pick up on some of the performances from that Motherwell game. Um, and the first one is one that Liam has actually already touched on, is that of Matt O'Reilly. I think, arguably, Matt O'Reilly has been our highlight of this season. I think he's been absolutely fantastic. I think his performances just keep getting better and better. Um, and I think tomorrow night is actually a big chance for him to continue these performances on the biggest stage. And with Matt O'Reilly, it's sometimes easy to forget, Liam, that he's, he's only 22. He's yeah. very mature both in his performances and when he speaks about the game, very similarly in character to, to Tom Rogic, I would say. Um, and I actually I caught up with his parents coming out of Fir Park um, at the weekend and I know a lot of Celtic fans have, have met them at, at games and um, I can only echo what wonderful people they are they are absolutely loving this football journey that Matt is on at Celtic and they do seem to be loving life at Celtic as much as he is they've moved over to support him they travel to every single game um, they'll be in Madrid and they'll be in Rome and they love being amongst the fans rather than, than any box or lounge anywhere. And it's easy to see how Matt is the mature, level-headed character he is when you do speak to his parents. They are great people. And Liam, we are talking about the more personal side of the players and their families. And isn't it great when not only the players buy into their club, but the families do too? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it speaks volumes that Matt O'Reilly, as well as being a brilliant footballer, comes across as such a nice guy when whenever people meet him or whenever you see him being interviewed. And that's obviously a product of his parents, who are clearly very, very good people as well, with, um, like you say, that, that level of support. And um, it is, it's just, it's, a, it's such a... I don't want to say adorable because that sounds kind of condescending, but it is kind of it is really cute. Just the idea of like his mum and dad being there to cheer him on every game, and then him bursting with pride when he. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, and you know, I saved a penalty or something, and my dad was watching. The first thing I would do is turn around to my dad and be like, "How was that?" You know, and it must be brilliant to do that in an actual professional game of football, especially in the last minute. You know. Yeah. No, absolutely fantastic. And Lawrence O'Reilly really is making his name the first on the team sheet at the moment. You know, Callum McGregor aside, Matt O'Reilly absolutely has to be in there at the moment, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, they spoke out in the season about the effect Brendan was having on him. And you can see it on the park. Definitely seems to be enjoying life more. His performances are going up level on level, but... That's what Brendan's got a reputation for, developing young players with a fairly young squad, you know, and that's a big part of, of Brendan's job is to get them to reach their potential. Uh, how long they'll stay with us, who knows, but, you know, let's enjoy them while they're here because he, he's looking absolutely fantastic. You know, it's early in the season yet, beginning of October, but he's already a, in the category for player of the season, isn't he? he, he he's, he's sticking out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um Another player I want to talk about in their performance at the weekend is Kyogo. Um, now, the question was posed, as you guys know, in our Axon group chat, so I thought I'd bring it to the, the listeners and, and put it out here for a bit of discussion as well. And the debate is whether Kyogo is slightly off form at the moment or whether we're simply not able to find them. Um, I think if you, you saw the game at the weekend, I think his body language when he wasn't getting the ball, was slightly dejected. He was making these fantastic runs and we just weren't finding him. And like I said at the top of the show, I don't think this is a particularly new problem. I think in particular, Yang and Maeda, the delivery wasn't quite at the level required. So Kyogo wasn't getting involved as much as we wanted him to. I think we started to play more longer balls up to him. And with the best will in the world, 
he simply isn't going to win those against a player like Mugabe, who I thought was very good for Motherwell. So, Liam, where is the issue lying for Kyogo right now? Is it that we're not creating the chances, the delivery isn't quite where it should be, and he isn't getting involved as, as much? Or is it, does he need to do a wee bit more, come back, look for it, try and get himself more involved, which he definitely started to do, but it's just not quite clicking in a number of areas, but I think the abil- ability to link with Kyogo is one that is a bit of a struggle at the moment. Um, well, we're only one month on from the day when he scored the winning goal against our biggest rivals. So I think we can give him a wee bit of leeway uh, in terms of, you know, is he off form, whatever. Um, but <coughs> the question I would pose is uh, if Kyogo's off form, uh, what about Yang? What about Maeda? And, you know, the entire front line is not firing at full force at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um Kyogo is the, is the spearhead of that, so he's going to be the one who sticks out the most when we're not getting lots of goals. But by the same token, a striker's only, as you highlighted, a striker is only as good as the service he's getting, and at the, at the weekend, that service was substandard, particularly in the first half. So as much as I love Dyson Maeda, I've got to say that if Kyogo's off form, so is he. And mm-hmm. so was Yang at the weekend. Um, now, I think all three of them are fantastic footballers. And I think once the team settles and everybody knows the role exactly, I think that, you know, they could work as a front three very effectively. Um, and Palmer came in and showed that he's more than capable of chipping in as well when need be. Um, so, no, I, I don't think Kyogo's lost form. I think it's just not quite happening for him yet in the same way that it's not quite happening for a lot of our players at the moment, because as I, said earlier, we are still probably only playing at about 60 or 70 percent of our full potential. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. So does Mikey on YouTube, he said 100 percent the lack of creativity in our midfield and wingers is affecting Kyogo's form. If the balls are played through to him like they should be, he will score. We need an on-form Hitati and soon. Lawrence, agree with that? I think I, I do. I think that the service to Kyogo isn't quite where we want it to be, as Liam said. I completely agree with that. And I think it is just symptomatic of the fact that there are a few areas at the moment that isn't quite clicking. And I think that's I think there's a lot more to come. I think we're definitely going to get there. And when we do and it does come together, I think that delivery to Kyogo is going to be a lot better. And I think we'll start to see him getting getting some more goals under his belt. Oh. I always kind of think of Liam and he, 18 months ago now, telling us, you know, Kyogo's the best striker we've had since, since Henrik. And, uh, and I remember Henrik went without, I think it was two or three games without a goal. And the Scottish press were like, oh, off form. Terrible, you know, <laughs> is this boy going to get it back? And I, I think it's much the same discussion here. You know, we've got quality, real quality in Kyogo. Am I worried he's going to score for a few games? Oh, particularly, it's going to come from him. You know, the, the team's not hitting the heights that it should. Kyogo will still end up top scorer in the, the, the Premier League. We, you know, we know he's going to end up top scorer. Our wingers have still to settle. You know, attached to come back to a bit of form. You know, if he is off form, you know, we're still picking up three points. We're still top of the league. There's a lot to look forward to. And yeah, he's making the runs. Unfortunately, we didn't find him. Motherwell with Mugabe, you know, he had a good game for them. They've done their job well, Manuel, but I'm not too worried if he's off form. You know, it'll come back. He's a player of a true class, you know, and, and class is permanent and form's temporary. Absolutely. I think what else that gave us opportunity to see at the weekend, um, Liam, was some of the players who we might not have seen a lot of so far, who don't feature regularly. Um, I think Yang being one of them, and then Palma when he came on. For me, probably slightly disappointed. Um, there's obviously a lot more football to be played from, from both of them, and I do look forward to seeing how they're going to develop under Rodgers and in this side. But for me, I don't think Yang got involved enough at the weekend, and when he did, again, like we've touched on, I don't think his delivery was quite at the level we'd want it to be. Palmer only got around 13 minutes, all credit to him, he did break the deadlock. But what do you think of those those two performances? I think we are still in the territory of very much missing players like Abada, very much missing players like Jota, um, who's finding himself in a difficult situation with his new club. But in terms of Yang and Palma, 
there's a lot more to come from them, I think, Leon, but it's not quite there yet, is it? Yeah, I mean, Palmer's only, what, you know, he's probably played a cumulative total of less than 90 minutes. Um, Yang, probably not far, far ahead of him. Um, and, yeah, they're both, they've both got the ability. I mean, we can see that in flashes. Um, if it was a case of, you know, they both came on and looked like they'd never seen a football before, I'd be worried. But they're both clearly, they both clearly have ability. It's just a question of finding their, their, their place in the team. As I said the, before, with a new manager, a slightly tweaked formation, um, I think it's the same with Rio Hatati as well. I think he maybe doesn't quite yet fully understand where exactly he fits into this new midfield setup. Under Ange, he knew exactly what he had to do, and he did it. Um, but a new manager, new expectations. And, you know, Matt O'Reilly has thrived from being given a different role and a role that is probably better suited to his skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with Hatate, it's a case of, you know, obviously Brendan Rodgers sanctioned the contract extension, so he knows the guy is class and he, he sees him as a player that's definitely useful to him. But it's a question of Hatate adapting to the tactics and the the new setup and the fact that he has eventually signed that extension says to me that he sat down with the manager and realized yes i can make this work it's going to take time it's going to take effort might be another two or three games before he actually starts to show some semblance of what we know he can do but he'll get there because as lon said class is permanent and he is a classy player and i think the same applies to yang and palmer um and you know as as we also said, we still have about half a dozen players out injured that are going to come back at various points over the next few months. And once those come back, I think particularly Cameron Carter-Vickers, who should be the next guy to get a big contract extension, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, once once he's back, we're, we're going to be pretty unstoppable domestically anyway. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I think it is something that is easy to forget, Lawrence, is the fact that we are still relatively early in the domestic season and we still do have a number of very important players injured. So I think, you know, with that context, looking at where we are, I think we're in a pretty nice position, aren't we? Well, I there isn't another team in Scotland want to be in our position. You, you, you know, at top of the league, it's, it's early October. I think 25% of the league have already changed their managers. It's, you know, it's a good position to be in. We've come through a pretty horrendous injury crisis. Mm-hmm. You know, even the emergency cover get injured, you, you, you know. So, is other, we've had a lot to deal with, but We've dealt with it. We've got the points on the board. You know, it's far from panic stations. We, we know, knew there was going to be a bit of a change between Ange and Brendan. The players will adapt. You know, they've got the ability. We've seen it. They've got the ability in spades. And once we get a first team in the park and, and they're flown, you know, it's can we do it in Europe? Yeah. The, the good thing about this period is it's really going to build team spirit for them, you know. Late goals up against adversity, knowing that they can they can do it, they can come together and you know listen to the manager, look what we can produce. But that game at the weekend it's got to be absolutely huge for the team to think, you know, it looks like we're pegged back, but you know what? We'll still keep going. You know, and that injury time was perhaps that wee bit extra was perhaps uh, duty motherless fans coming on on the park to celebrate for so long. <laughs> a bit of sweetness out of that as well. It's listen 
Brendan, second time around so far, you know, it's been pretty good. You, you could say the way to Kilmarnock knocked out the League Cup wasn't so good. Where was VAR for that penalty shout? You know, we'll drop two points in the league. But for, for the amount of change we've had, losing four first teamers, mm. you know, it, it, it's been it's been decent. Yes. The, 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 you know, what he's done for O'Reilly is just, you know, he's taken that, that boy's game up a few levels, hasn't he? It's, mm. I, I, I think he's going to play the season if he continues like this. It's... It's in Europe where the big questions are. I don't think anything's been down in Scotland, you know. As much as we were told by the press that, you know, someone was here to, you know, would put Brendan in his place and it's all just noise in Scotland. We know we're going to win the league. It's really Europe. What we're going to do there, it's the big question. And that question gets asked tomorrow night. Obviously, tomorrow night being our first Champions League home tie, um, which I'm sure that everyone is very excited about. We know what Champions League nights can be like at Celtic Park. It gives me goosebumps just thinking about having that back. Um, and it's so important to the team that there is this intimidating fortress that the, the opposition are, are shaken by. Um, and I'm looking forward to, to that tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to the atmosphere. Anything that can give us a slight edge going into these games is important. And noise and atmosphere created by the fans on the night can can help be that edge. Um we don't have to look back too far, 2019, to when we last faced Lazio and we got the business done. I'm talking of euphoric football moments. Um, that in Chambo, um was certainly up there. I was in Rome for that game. I was lucky enough to be there for that one. And again, it is that feeling, Liam, that just cannot be replicated by anything other than, mm. than football. And I think we can do it again. You know, I think we can beat them at Celtic Park. We've got to fancy our chances against all the teams in the group. That is the expectation of a club like Celtic playing at home in the Champions League. You have to go into that game with the expectation that that is a game that you can win. Um, and I think it's an, an early call, but I am seeing this game being talked about as must win if we have intentions of European progression this season. Now, Liam, that is a very early call to make, but the way the group is shaping up, and the fact that Celtic are at home, is that call actually true? Well, I think that of the three teams we're going to face in this group, uh, Nazio are the weakest. So they are the ones that we should be looking to beat at home. And I think that that's a, it's a great platform for us tomorrow night. Um, as uh, as my, my colleague Jared mentioned on uh down under yesterday. The big miss for them is, uh, I think, Milinkovic Savic, is that his name? So he's away now, and he was by far their best player, and he made that whole midfield tick. And without him, Nazi are not what they used to be. And so we can we can beat them. I'm sure we can beat them. And uh, as you can probably gather from the shirt I'm wearing, I'm not a fan of them, so I think I'll enjoy, especially... <laughs> Celtic. For, those, are, for yeah. those who are listening yeah. instead of watching Leon, tell us what stuff you have on. Uh, sorry, I am wearing a Roma jersey. Um, the the non fat the non fascist team that play in Rome. So yeah, um, yes, uh, not a fan of uh, of the old Nazi. So I hope they hope they get a good a good a good traditional Celtic doing on a uh, on uh, on Wednesday night. Um, I think uh, yeah, I've, I predicted four two. And I'm going to stick with that. I think we'll beat them 4-2. High-scoring game predicted. Lawrence, Mikey comes in on YouTube again. Thank you for all the comments today, Mikey. Saying um, he's excited a bit nervous for the game. And this will be the one to show how much we have progressed and how much more to go. Um, and I think that's true. I think these are the games where we can test ourselves. We can see the level that we're playing at. We're at home, it's the Champions League. It is probably, like Liam said, the team that we do very much need to be looking to beat if we're going to progress. How do you see the game shaping up? Listen, I think we'll lose one or two goals. Do we have it in this description? Oh, I had to finish that sentence. There was a bit of a pause after lose there. <laughs> well, I mean, do we have it in this to score three or four? Maybe, you know, if the midfield and the forwards are on form. Judging our progression, yeah, it's good. You know, it's a second choice or maybe third choice set a half partnership. Mm -hmm. We've got to kind of 
take that in mind. Is it, although it's good enough for Scotland, is it the, the partnership you'd have picked for the Champions League? Probably not. But, you know, we've always got to look to win our home games. We've got to turn it into a fortress. You, you know, yeah. we've got to, with the fans behind us, you know, anything's possible at Celtic Park on a European night. You know, we should believe that. The players should believe that. You know, if they can take that that belief that perhaps the late winner at, at Motherwell was giving them, and in that game, there's no reason why we can't beat Lazio. Uh, mm-hmm. We've definitely got to look to do it if we want to do anything in Europe, but it's kind of tempered with knowing that, you know what, that, that's not our first or second choice centre-half partnership that we're going to put out there. But, you know... You were over in Rome. Did, did you go to Finnegan's? I believe that's the the place to, to go in to, to listen did. to music. All kinds of people end up in there, I believe. I did. <laughs> I think that's this morning. I've seen the story. No, fantastic pub it is, and I look forward to visiting it again on this trip over. Yeah. Well, I said it's take the three points. It, 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 you know, yeah. although we, we lost our first game and, you know, went down to nine men, there was a bit of discipline showed there. You know, we didn't lose... They had been, you know, home and dived in. The players kind of still stuck to it, kept the score down. It, it's, it looks like Brendan as a manager's probably matured in Europe from his first time round, and hopefully that, that maturity, you know, end up three points tomorrow night. Mm. And I think there, I think we did see that level of European maturity in the first half um, in Rotterdam. Liam, I think we held our own. I think we played really well. I think we were probably the better team in that first half up until they lost that free kick and resulting goal. And I think if we can take that and take the way we played and the mentality that we had against the good side, I think if we can take that and replicate it tomorrow night against Lazio, I think that'll stand us in very good stead. And there are very much lessons that we kind of learned from that game in Rotterdam and take them into tomorrow night too. And if we can combine those lessons with the way that we played in the first half, then I think we can be very successful. Well, I mean, there's a few there's a few things to take away from the game in Rotterdam. First of all, I think that the press largely underestimated Feyenoord. They're the Dutch champions and the Dutch champions for a reason, right? They are a very, very good team. And they are, according to the rankings, the best team in this group, even though I personally think Madrid will end up winning the group. But, you know, they're no mugs. But like you say, for, for the first half, we matched them. And we showed enough in that first half that I will go out and say, I think we can beat them at Celtic Park. And if we get a win tomorrow and then a win against them, the two games against Madrid, I think, are basically free hits because I expect us to lose both of them realistically. Um, You know, it's then a case of can we take something away uh, when we go to Rome? And we've done that before. So, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's invoke the... The spirit of the old, <laughs> you know, those that finally took down the Roman Empire was at the Goths, I think it was. Uh, we, you know, we could do that. We have a history for you. We have done it before and we can do it again. Lawrence, I was looking towards tomorrow night and I was starting to think what the, the team selection might look like. Um, and I actually went back and looked at the team from that game where Cham scored that 95th minute winner um, away to Lazio. Um, and it was interesting, looking back on it, the team that we put out that night was Forster, Elhamid, Julian, Ayer, Hayes, Forrest, Christie, Brown, McGregor, El Yunusi and Edward. Um, we've obviously off the bench, we had Beaton, Bauer and of course Olivier and Cham. Um, but it's funny looking back at it, isn't it? And comparing those two sides and looking at where we were then compared to to where we are now. For me, we're certainly stronger in some positions, but I think we're also slightly weaker in some positions as well. What's your assessment of that squad compared to the one that we, we've got now? I think it's, a, you know, Lenny and Brendan play vastly different styles of football, so... The main worry for me is the centre-half partnership. You know, we're really taking it up at a level when we go to Champions League. And we're going to need them to... You know, they have been stepping up. They've been performing. You could say scales follow the ball a bit for the, the mother will equaliser. You know, in Europe, you know, when Lagerbielka's 
giving away that penalty. He's done a left centre half. You'd expect scales to be there. It's we really need to to keep keep to the game plan, hold his position, maybe not follow the ball for us to have a chance. Mm. Listen, he's done well for us. He's stepped in. He knows he's not first choice, and he's de- definitely given the manager some food for thought. Put it this way: I don't think he'd be sold to Aberdeen in, in January now, and if, if he had an extra fifty to hundred thousand, he'd have been away. I don't mm. think we'll sell him now in January if a bid comes in. So he, he's definitely, I think, went up in everyone's estimations. Not so much that, you know, he's the first choice when everybody's fit, but I think he's kind of proven people that he's, he's, he's a better player or he's got more about him when he's on the park than a lot of his thought. Mm. Between the two teams, you, you know, we've got Kyogo and I think Liam's played it well. You know, he's proven to be a better forward than, than Edward. Mm, yeah. I would say so. McGregor's still there, you know, Uchi, you know, Hitake, outstanding player, we just need, to, need him to find form. If he can come into form tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, know, he, Heavy, very timely. Yeah, it, you know, Hitake in form could all but guarantee the three points. Yeah. I think when we're looking, let's look ahead towards what we expect that team to look like. Liam, firstly, I fully expect to see Joe Hart back in goals. And um, we obviously got to see yeah. Scott Bain at the weekends following Hearts ending off last week. I thought Scott Bain did relatively well when required. He had a, a couple of good blocks anyway. Um, but I very much think that we will see Joe Hart coming back into the squad. I know it's a, a position that I think a lot of people believe that we should have strengthened in over the summer. But I do think that Joe Hart's experience is going to be important tomorrow night. I think he'll have been frustrated at his own performance in Rotterdam and the subsequent sending off the, at the weekend after that. And I think he'll be able to put that right. Um, so I fully expect to see Joe Hart coming back. And when I was looking back on that that Lazio game, and obviously we had Fraser Forster in goals, a very, very good um, goalkeeper for us. Forster actually got man of the match in that game. But, and I remember a couple of world-class saves. And that does show you the difference that a real world-class goalkeeper can have. They can win you points. They can win you games. And I think Forster was fundamental to that when we were over there at Lazio. And I think that is one area, Liam, where we don't have someone who is world-class anymore um, and probably is a position that I think we will be looking to strengthen on in the near future. Well, I think also, if you come back to Fraser Foster, I I, I think um, his save at the end of the, the game at Celtic Park, where we won 2-1, mm-hmm. that save that he made with basically the last kick of the ball was one of the best saves I've ever seen. It was absolutely incredible. That shot was going like a bullet right into the top corner and somehow he clawed it out. It was incredible. Um, so, yeah, we definitely missed that. But you know what? I actually think... At their peak, and I, I'm really going to take flag for this. Both players at their peak. Joe Hart's a better goalkeeper than Fraser Forster. There, I said it. <laughs> and his career peak or his Celtic peak? Mm. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's the difference, though, isn't it? You know, we had Forster at his peak. We have Joe Hart clearly past his peak, right? But even as some even someone who is not at their peak anymore, they can still find that form in bursts. And I think Joe Hart, like you say, he's going to have it in his head that he wants to go out there tomorrow night and show that he is still a world-class goalkeeper. Mm. So sometimes that's all the motivation you need. And, and, yeah, and I, I think really do believe that it's that. possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Joe Hart absolutely has that mentality that has required him. And I hope that he does very well tomorrow night. Lauren, you've already touched on it, but let's talk about the, the defence how that is going to shape up. It's not going to be um, the, the full strength. We know that already. We had Julian and Iyer last time we, we played Lazio. Um, this time round, I think the fullbacks will remain at you know, full strength. I think Johnston and Taylor um, will be in. But it's the centre-back pairing that I think is the, the bit of a tricky one. Um, and like you said, I don't think any of us would have predicted this, and all credit to him, but I think our strongest centre-half so far this season, has been Liam Scales. I probably agree with you. I think he was a little bit out of position for the Motherwell goal. I think he got dragged in towards the ball. 
But overall, I've been really impressed with the way he's grasped this opportunity that has fallen to him that he probably didn't expect, we didn't expect. Um, but he's really holding his own and it is absolutely his shirt to lose at the moment. So for me, tomorrow night, scale starts and who partners him is the question. I think we saw Nat Phillips come on at the weekend to get some minutes under his belt and prep for tomorrow night. So I think it'll be him. Oof, not a lot of minutes he's going to have to come in. So who does it leave on the bench for cover? But yeah, if, if Phillips just come in. A water midfield cover at centre half. Yeah, it's going to be a not struggle. ideal. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, definitely going to be a struggle, isn't it? But you know, I suppose we've, we've seen makeshift partnerships to it, but before, you know, you're really ho- hoping they can pull something out that, that the fans can inspire them to a performance. And out of two of them, you know, you, I'd probably be more worried about Phillips and Scales. Yeah, just because he's not had the minutes, he's coming back for injury. Uh, it, it's a crazy situation to be in, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, I'm certain that none of us would have expected this um, a few months ago. But there is something about Celtic in Europe where we always seem to find ourselves a little bit short in terms of options at the back. Um, and I'm just surprised that we haven't seen what your beast one is up to these days to go into a, a makeshift back line. But I think, I think that probably does set us up for where we'll be at the back in the middle of the park. Um, Liam, I think, again, it'll be McGregor. I think, like we said, O'Reilly's undroppable. Hatati would be great. Time for him to really come into form. I can't see um, anyone disrupting that midfield trio, can you? No, no. The the only the only way I could see things changing around would be if we are a couple of goals up with, say, half an hour to go, you might swap out. Hatate for Iwata just to add a bit of steel in the midfield because you know Nazio being the team that they are I fully expect them to put the boot in if we do go ahead of them um, so you know I, I think that that may be an, an option for us later on in the game but yeah the, the, that midfield trio is absolutely how you start um, unfortunately given Yang's performance at the weekend there's now a question mark over who do we start uh, on that wing because I would have said Yang all day long, but now I'm thinking maybe Brendan Rodgers might favour James Forrest's experience because we know he can do it at that level. Um, so that's a bit of, to me, that's the only real kind of conundrum in this formation. The rest of the team picks itself. You've got Maeda on the left, you've got Kyogo through the middle, yeah. and then you've got who is on the right. Mm-hmm. Is it Forest or is it Yang? Or could we see someone else coming into that position, Lawrence? Or do you think it is a a Forest or Yang decision? I, I think it will start with Forest. I think mm-hmm. both experience. Yeah, and you, you'll see Yang come on at some point, but I think it will start with Jamesy. Mm-hmm. It I'm could be. To agree. Yes, yeah, it could be the level of experience that that James brings that could again stand him out as the, the starter but again I think we probably if we were looking back a year ago we would be surprised if we were sitting here today talking about the possibility of James Forrest starting a Champions League match Yes You know the, the wingers are taking a bit of time to settle uh, It's important that I suppose that we start the game well isn't it and I think that's why we're going for this for his experience get a solid foothold in the game and then, you know, we might see Yang come on second half. I'd expect him to come on at some point. But James is one of those. He seems to split opinions, but he's an absolute legend. Look, he's his trophy-laden career. Uh, he's yet to score this season. You know, I think, you know, if he scores, it'll be 14 or 15 seasons in a row that he's scored for us. I don't think we'll get anything to worry about when James starts. Yeah, he's in a, the twilight of his career, but he's, he's been an absolute stalwart for the, for the club. And I think his experience could be Pivotal to the, the team settling down, you know, knowing what it's about. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's why Brendan will go with him. Brendan knows him as a player. He knows what he'll get for Jamesy. We will see with that game tomorrow night. I'm sure we are all very much looking forward to that one. And I do think we can go out there and get our results. Um, just as we're coming to the sort of last 10 minutes of today's show, I want to look forward to the, the weekend as well. Um game coming up against Kilmarnock and mentioned the annual food bank collection that is taking place before that game organised by the Green Brigade 
as they do every year that will be taking place again this weekend coming. Um, and it really does, Liam, draw fantastic support. The support are always fantastic when called upon, and I'm sure they will be again. Um, and they're spreading the message that, in particular, they're looking for things like long-life milk, tinned veg, tinned fruit, soup, tea bags, coffee, nappies, and toiletries. And if you can support them with that, that would be absolutely fantastic. Details are on um, their social media sites, and we'll retweet some of them as well, about their collection points. Um, and they also do accept cash donations if you're not able to donate some groceries. The donations are distributed amongst local communities where it is needed the most. And Liam, it is a, a great initiative, isn't it? Fans support it outstandingly. Yeah. And it really it takes us back and it ties in with our roots as a football club. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's absolutely disgraceful that in this day and age, food banks even need to exist. But until such time as we boot out the government that have, in, that have enabled it, um, I'm talking about the one in London, not the one in Edinburgh, um, we are going to have to keep doing things like this. And the Green Brigade have done a tremendous job for a number of years now in organising and coordinating this. And, you know, certain quarters of the media are not slow to put the boot in when the Green Brigade say something they find politically disagreeable. I might not always agree with 100% of their politics, but you know what? Those guys, you cannot fault their commitment to the charitable aspect of what Celtic is all about. And we, we cannot give them enough praise for how they do this year on year. And the, the, the sheer amounts of food and of money that they generate for this cause is, is incredible. And unfortunately, I'm not able to be there to support them in person for obvious reasons. But trust me, I will be making a wee donation to the cause and I would encourage everybody else to do so as well. And speaking of donations... Um, my uh, my friends at Celtic Down Under and I are also doing a wee charitable venture uh, this month. October is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, I am a mental health survivor. I still take medication for depression. I'm not not ashamed to say that. Um, I have a number of family members who are currently fighting mental health battles. I have friends who I have lost to mental health troubles. I am fully aware. You know, I make I make jokes here and there about it, but the truth is mental health is not a laughing matter. It's very, very serious. So without getting too glum, how can you help? Well, here's what we're doing. Uh, me and the rest of the guys at Celtic Down Under are doing a sponsored walk. Um, over the course of October, we are going to try and walk as many kilometres as we can. Now, each of us has set our own personal targets based on our fitness, our availability, you know, I'm lucky that being a school teacher, I spend a lot of my, a lot of the day on my feet anyway. So, I um, I have set a target of 300 kilometres over the course of October. So that's averaging out 10 kilometres a day. Um, and I have in the last three days, I have done about 60 kilometres. So I'm I'm on target. I'm a wee bit sore, but I'm on target. Um. And uh, I will be sharing the link to donate, uh, and I'll I'll leave a comment after after the show is done. I'll I'll, I'll leave a comment, and we can and you can uh, go there and look, guys. When we're talking about mental health, um, even literally just the price of a phone call could be enough to save somebody's life. That is how how serious this is, and also how how much even this, the tiniest donation can really make a massive difference and if you'll if you'll indulge me i would just like to say a couple of personal thank yous to some some viewers who have already donated um so big thank you to um to ian sloan uh thank you very much and to franny weldon you've both your contributions will save lives guys i can guarantee you that uh, thank you to my dad, my wee brother, my wife, my niece, uh, Kayla, and a, spe a special thanks to my soon-to-be sister-in-law, Ash, who, despite being the most ardent blue nose I know, still chucked a few quid in for this good cause. So well done to her. Um, and, yep, guys, it's running throughout October, so please chip in anything you can. It is all appreciated. And I understand 
the financial strain we're all under at the moment, thanks to aforementioned Tory government. So uh, do not feel bad if you can't contribute. Um, mental health isn't just about finance. If you've got anybody you know, any friends or family who have been a bit down recently or who you're worried about, give them a wee phone. Go, go around the house and make sure they're all right. You know, um, we're getting, <laughs> it's a bit early to talk about it, but we are nearing Christmas and the Christmas season is a time when a lot of people particularly take a dive mentally. So just do a ring round, make sure everybody's all right, you know, and as I said, you can chuck in a couple of quid. It is appreciated, but I understand if you guys can't, so don't worry about it. Liam, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, I really appreciate it and can only completely echo everything you've said um, and say a thank you to you as well because it's so important that we talk about things like this, that we remove any stigma associated with mental health um, and that we do talk to each other and talk to our friends. Here at Axon, we all 100% support you in this effort. We look forward to hearing the updates and we'll make sure that people get... Um, information on how they can donate to that wonderful cause available on our social media pages as well. And Lawrence, it does ring home when we talk about these initiatives and see how well supported they are from, you know, the Celtic Down Under initiative to the Green Brigades Food Bank. It really does just show you how generous people can be in difficult times, doesn't it? Listen, I think, you know, people genuinely want to help each other. You know, I, th I think that's a, a natural reaction, whether it's the Green Brigade or Celtic Down Under. I look up at, you know, Rock Talk or the support women's support group they've got up at St Rocks. You know, it, it's great to see. You know, it's sad that it's needed to, to such an extent, especially, you know, food banks. Uh, you're like, you know, it's, it, it's things that should be long gone in a, a civilised society, the need for food banks. But people are, yet again, kind of stepping into a gap where they the government's choosing to fail in. You know, it's a deliberate choice to have these things. And it's shocking. And as Liam says, it's not going to change anytime soon. And I don't think even a change in Westminster government will change it. It doesn't seem to be much between those parties. But, you know, yeah, well done to all the people that are putting it on and participating and donating. It's definitely inspiring stuff that people are willing to step forward and do that. It is. So thank you very much to everyone um, who is contributing to that, who is donating and who is doing their bit. Um, that is all that we've got time for. But before we go, I think a big shout out to France team. You know, 6-0, six, six different goal scorers. Let's Talk about Wingers turning you know it on. Paul Jonathan. Shane turning it on. Paul keep me on time, so I'm going to run a few minutes late. And um, let's, let's have a quick chat about the women's team then, Lawrence, who are continuing yeah. their fantastic start to the season like you say um, they're currently sitting in the league one point behind leaders Rangers but we do have a game in hand um, and as Lauren says this weekend saw the second round of the cup where Celtic won comfortably 6-0 against Hamilton Ackies the goals do just keep coming for France side at the moment and we also got the first sighting of new centre back Sydney Cummings who looks like she's going to be a great addition to the squad Next up, Lawrence, we've got a very important game against Glasgow City at home at the Excelsior. Um, as we saw last season, the league came right down to the wire with City just edging it on the last day of the season, um, which was heartbreaking and we do not want to see happen again this season. So the games against City and Rangers this season are likely to determine, again, where the trophy ends up. So Thursday night is potentially a league-defining game um, and I would really encourage anyone who can to get down there, get to the Excelsior Stadium, 7.30 kickoff on Thursday night, going back to girls. It's a massive game in the context of the season. The support is hugely appreciated. Um, and anyone who goes down on will be in for a good game, won't they? Yeah, definitely. Real six-pointer. And we're talking about wingers in form. Shem Mengele, oh, mm. you know, absolutely outstanding this season. And last season as well. You know, she's built on... But this season, season, last season. season. Yeah. Really turn up a level. Uh, you know, if we can beat City, huge for the season, isn't it? It's absolutely huge. Maybe show uh, Chloe Warrington she made the wrong mistake by moving to them. But we'll see. You know, Fran keeps doing it in spite of the finances he's given. Mm -hmm. You know, he's building a cracking team there. 
yeah, it'd be great to get the, the three points. Yeah, let's hope so. Well, here's to winning tomorrow night at Celtic Park and winning on Thursday night at the Excelsior Stadium. Liam and Lawrence, thank you very much for joining me on the Celtic State of Mind. Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.